KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Good morning, I'm Debbie Cruz. It's Friday, March 1st. We hear about Governor Newsom's trip to San Diego to rally support for Prop 1. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Two disaster recovery centers are opening today to help flood victims from last month's storms. FEMA worked with the county city of San Diego and the state to set them up. The recovery centers will be located at the Spring Valley County Library and the Mountain View Community Center in Logan Heights. They'll be open from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. every day. They'll offer information from the U.S. Small Business Administration, state agencies, and the county. The centers are an extra resource for disaster victims, but they don't need to visit a center for help. San Diegans can register for federal assistance and disaster loans on disasterassistance.gov. Flood victims can apply for federal assistance through April 19th. Today will be cool and there's a slight chance of rain, but over the weekend, it's back to rainy weather. High temperatures today will be up to 10 degrees below normal for this time of year. The National Weather Service says the heaviest rains are expected tomorrow and will lessen over the weekend and clear out as we start the new work week. There's also a wind advisory in effect from noon tomorrow until 4 a.m. Sunday in the county's desert areas, when gusts could reach up to 60 miles per hour. The California Franchise Tax Board is extending the deadline for county residents to file and pay their 2023 state income taxes. San Diegans now have until June 17th to do so. This comes days after the federal tax payment deadline was extended. Both were extended because of the impact of the January storms on the county. Impacted taxpayers may also be eligible to claim a disaster loss on their tax return. You can visit irs.gov extensions for more information. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by the San Diego County Toyota dealers, whose commitment to customers extends to giving back to the community and who are proud to support the City of San Diego lifeguards with their important role of keeping our beaches safe. Toyota, let's go places. Governor Newsom was in San Diego yesterday, appearing alongside local leaders to rally support for Proposition 1. Reporter Melissa May says some call it a solution to homelessness, and others call it a broken promise. California Governor Gavin Newsom says a yes vote on this measure would help people experiencing mental health crises get proper treatment and would expand mental health and addiction services for tens of thousands of Californians. It's about you, everyone. Not just about those caregivers and professionals that will be supported with unprecedented workforce investments because of Proposition 1, but it's about you. The American Civil Liberties Union opposes Proposition 1. Eve Garrow with ACLU of Southern California's Dignity for All project says Proposition 1 will cause thousands of Californians to lose access to life-saving mental health care, as that funding would be put into a small number of housing opportunities for the unsheltered. Melissa May, KPBS News. Also on the March 5th primary election ballot is the race to represent the 74th Assembly District. 
Reporter Thomas Fudge tells us that the race pits two candidates from the major parties against each other. Assembly District 74 includes Vista and Oceanside, along with San Clemente and Laguna Niguel in Orange County. It's a swing district where Republicans and Democrats have nearly even numbers of registered voters. Republican Lori Davies is the incumbent. She serves in a legislature that has Democratic supermajorities in both houses, but she says that doesn't prevent her from serving her district. I tell people, leave your politics and your party at the door. Let's talk policy. That's what we're up here to do. And again, I've now, in the last um, three years, I have 15 bills signed into law and a lot of Democrats co-authors. So what's nice is you actually have to get people on board. Democratic challenger Chris Duncan is a member of the San Clemente City Council. He lost to Davies in the 74th two years ago. On California's $58 billion budget shortfall, he says he doesn't have a fix for it. What I do think is that uh, we have a lot of programs and a lot of things that we've thrown money at, homeless being one of them, that we haven't seen any return on. We need to make sure that the programs that we're investing in are, are ones that really have a, uh, a tangible return. Thomas Fudge, KPBS News. The March 5th primary election is five days away, and tomorrow 179 more vote centers will be opening across the county. Here to talk about some of the City of San Diego races and what to expect after the polls close is KPBS reporter Scott Rod. Scott, welcome to the San Diego News Now podcast. Thanks so much for having me. This is a primary election. What does that mean? Well, voters will be weighing in on candidates from president all the way down to local offices and measures. And, you know, this is the first vote for Californians in the 2024 election, and it's going to narrow down candidates for the general election in November. San Diegans are voting for their next mayor this election. Why is this role so important? Well, the mayor is the CEO of the city. It's the most powerful position in the city. You know, the mayor sets the direction, often proposes legislation that will go before the city council. The mayor also proposes a budget and hires top officials. So, again, really the most powerful position in a city like San Diego. Of course, San Diego Mayor Todd Gloria is the incumbent. Who are his top competitors? He's running against several other candidates. There are a couple that have, you know, risen above the others. Genevieve Jones-Wright is a Democrat running to the left of Gloria on certain issues like homelessness. She was a public defender for more than a decade and currently leads a community advocacy group. There's also Larry Turner. He's a no-party preference candidate. He's a police community relations officer. He's gotten some attention for supporting a proposal that would create a huge camping shelter for the homeless away from downtown and away from neighborhoods. But that plan still lacks key details of where exactly it'll be. Uh, And I'll note that both of those candidates have so far raised far less money than the incumbent, Todd Gloria. Going into this election, what are some of the issues the city of San Diego is facing? Well, a big one on a lot of voters' minds is homelessness. And it's on voters' minds because they see it in their day-to-day lives. They would like to see it addressed, see folks be able to have somewhere to get off the street into a shelter and ultimately into housing. But it's also on their minds because it's such a vexing policy problem. And it ties in with so many other issues facing San Diego and California, issues like the availability of mental health and addiction treatment, Uh, issues like the affordability and the availability of housing. So that's definitely something on voters' minds. The issue of policing, uh, police oversight, as well as ensuring that hiring is keeping up with the demand and also response times are improving. Issues like transportation, making sure there's quality 
public transportation options and, you know, the city's plan to address climate change, but also kind of more evergreen issues like quality of the roads and potholes. Of course, that's on the minds of voters, uh, as well as things like, you know, after the January storms that we saw in the flooding, the issue of the city's stormwater system has emerged as kind of a primary concern because the city knows and they've you know made clear that the stormwater system desperately needs repairs and it's going to cost a lot of money. Uh, but the path to get to that is going to be tricky. And City of San Diego voters will see Measure A on their ballot. What should voters know about that measure? Measure A would create an independent legal counsel for the city auditor. And so the auditor's office claims that they need this independent representation and legal analysis to properly vet and uh, provide consultation for the work that they do. They're saying they need this legal counsel that's separate from the city attorney, uh, which is something that some of the other commissions in the city do have. Uh, opponents say that the auditor is just, you know, looking for more favorable legal analysis when they conduct an audit of city operations. The San Diego City Council District 4 seat is on the ballot. That seat was vacated by Monica Montgomery Stepp when she was elected to serve on the San Diego County Board of Supervisors. Can you tell us how this special election is different from the other primary races and about the three candidates running for that seat? So the special election for City Council District 4, which represents neighborhoods east of downtown like Mountain View, Oak Park and Bay Terraces, could be decided if one of the candidates gets more than 50 percent of the vote. So, again, that's different than the other primary races. But if none of the candidates get 50 percent or more than 50 percent of the vote, I should say, uh, the top two finishers will go to a runoff in the coming months. It won't be in November. It'll be earlier than that. The three candidates in the race are Henry Foster III. He served as the chief of staff to Montgomery Step while she was a while she was council member. Chida Warren Darby, the city's director of boards and commissions, and then Talisa Sewsbury, and she's a small business owner. And with just five days left until election day, what voting options are still left for voters? Starting Saturday, as we mentioned earlier, an additional 179 voting centers will be open countywide. They'll be open daily from 8 to 5 p.m. with extended hours on Election Day Tuesday from 7 a.m. to 8 p.m. So if you decide to vote in person on Election Day, it's important to keep in mind you can still cast a ballot as long as you're in line by 8 o'clock. So if you get there by 8, you're waiting in line. Definitely stay there. You'll be able to cast your vote. Mail-in ballots must be postmarked on or before Election Day. You can also go and drop off your mail-in ballot at a drop box or a voting center until 8 p.m. on Election Day Tuesday. You can still register to vote as well through Election Day at voting centers, and then you'll be able to cast a ballot that will be counted once your registration is processed. And of course, if you're looking for more information on candidates, you can go to our voter hub at kpbs.org. So after March 5th, what happens? When can people expect results? So early results will be released on election night, and those typically reflect ballots that were cast before Election Day. There will be rolling updates in the coming days and weeks. County officials technically have 30 days to count every vote and audit the election. But races are typically called by news outlets or conceded by candidates in the days or sometimes weeks after Election Day. I've been speaking with KPBS investigative reporter Scott Rod. Scott, thank you for all this information and for joining me on the San Diego News Now podcast. I hope you have a great weekend and don't forget to vote. Thanks so much for having me on.
Escondido has adopted a new controversial policy on homelessness. It rejects a housing-first model. Reporter Jacob Ayer says instead it takes a public safety-first approach. The policy is a worry for those who work in homeless outreach, including Interfaith Community Services CEO Greg Angel. The reality is in Escondido there are no available shelter beds. The treatment beds are full. There are not places for people to go. Escondido Mayor Dane White and Councilmember Joe Garcia drafted the new policy statement. Garcia says this policy tries to balance compassion and enforcement. So as part of the policy, we designed specific areas that we were going to work with. That's another thing that we'd like to do, is to deal with the hotspots. Where are the areas that we have more homeless uh, population, more encampments? City Council passed the new policy statement on homelessness late Wednesday night on a 4-1 to one vote. The 2023 point-in-time count found Escondido has the largest population of homeless residents in North County. Jacob Ayer, KPBS News. You can spring into color at the flower fields at Carlsbad Ranch starting today. There are more than 70 million flowers in bloom at the fields. Tickets are available online only. Single ticket admission is $23 for adults, $21 for seniors and the military, and $14 for children 3 to 10 years old. Admission is free for children under 3. The flower fields will be open through Mother's Day on May 12th. That's it for the podcast today. This podcast is produced by MLN Mohebi and edited by Brooke Ruth. We'd like to thank KPBS editor Nick McVicker for helping the podcast team this week. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. Join us again on Monday to start the week together with the day's top stories. I'm Debbie Cruz. Thanks for listening and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by the National Conflict Resolution Center. Topics like political polarization and hybrid work policies can create workplace conflict. NCRC can help workplace leaders navigate divisive issues with the culture, communication, and conflict certificate. More at ncrconline.com.